Would you like to start or would you like me to start? Yeah, I'll go for it. Probably helps if I start at the beginning of my notes instead of the end. Welcome to Stargazing, a Stargate gazing podcast. I'm your host, Kathy. And I'm your other host, Mary. And each week we discuss an episode of Stargate beginning with Stargate SG-1. Hello. Hello. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm doing okay. Fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, hot tea season, so... It is. I agree. I'm pretty psyched about that. I am not currently drinking a hot tea, but I just ordered some online and also was drinking some last night, and I love hot tea season. Me too. So, fun fact, I don't know if I've mentioned, I'm sure I know you know all of this, but... I hate hot weather, and I hate <laughs> cold beverages, so I'm weird, and I'm so excited for tea. Agree. Meanwhile, I am excited for Ooh. Pumpkin UFO. Nice. Perfect. One of my favorite beers given to me by one of my favorite people. Yay, I wonder who that was. <laughs> it was you. Oh my god. <laughs> Ugh. Sorry, I'm still settling. Oh, I, I was settled, and then I was like, I don't have any tea, and now I have tea. And Yeah, you have to have something to drink, yeah. even if it doesn't have alcohol in it. I always need to have something, whether it's water or seltzer oh, or yeah. sometimes coffee, sometimes tea. Yeah. Very excited. Yeah. Yeah, yeah tea's a good call. I'm going to have to have some tea later, but I was debating a pumpkin UFO or a wine, and I was like, you know what? Pumpkin mm, UFO, for sure. Yeah. Choice. Yeah. So how's your day going? My day is fine. Busy, as always, but not as hectic as, you know, like last week or the week before, so. Good. So not too bad. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I have anything exciting to, like, share, so. Well, you had a stick on your desk today, so that was fun. <laughs> I did have a stick on my desk. <laughs> I finally messaged my uh, my evening counterpart who I thought I was going to see, but then she ends up, she's ending up coming in late. So I messaged her and was like, do you, do you know what this is about? And she was like, that's a gift for you. <laughs> and then so random. <laughs> she apparently we had it's, it's origins are still mysterious because she found it next to one of the computers in the library. <laughs> Good place for I it. Don't know why there was a stick, but there was, and now it is my stick. Nobody better come it. for it. Oh, man. <laughs> Stay on the stick. Yep. There we yep. go. Perfect. Yep. I like it. Yeah. Yep. That's fantastic. Your day was way more exciting than mine. I did not have any random sticks that I found. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. I did see a student today who was having a very hard time when she was in my class several semesters back, and she's doing really well now. So that was actually really nice to see her and to find out that she's doing good, because I she ended up dropping my class, and I didn't know what happened to her. So I was really happy to... To see her That's again great. and to find out that she's doing so good. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. You know who else is doing good? Who else is doing good? By the end of this episode, my unintentional segue <laughs> now that I'm talking about that. You know who else is having a tough time and then doing better? Who's that? That was actually not an intentional segue, but it works. <laughs> Definitely. It's Tilk. Tilk? <laughs> no way. Yeah. Tilk was having a very rough go of it at the beginning of this episode. He sure was. Yeah. That said, what is this episode? This episode is Stargate SG-1 Season 5, Episode 2, Threshold. Indeed. Yes. 
we start with a recap. Tilk is shot. Tilk's first prime. Tilk's shot again. Tilk thinks gods can't be killed. <laughs> that was our recap. That's good. It was a very short recap anyway, so I expected yeah. it to be pretty succinct here. Yeah, why we really needed one, I don't know. I guess it was kind of to be continued-ish. Ish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some room. Where is this room? I don't know if it was just... Do they they have them locked away somewhere? Is it one of like the guest quarters or is it like yeah the I don't know some random room area. yeah <laughs> is where this scene takes place. <laughs> it's a mystery to all, including Kathy and I. Oh, we do get to see Doctor Mackenzie for the first time in a while. The button pushing ah. that we like so much. Was that him? I didn't think that was him. Was it not him? I Who was the button pushing guy? The but oh, what the hell was the button pushing guy's name? Oh my god! Oh yeah, no, it probably wasn't Mackenzie. Because that guy, I don't know. Mackenzie bothered me. I feel like, yeah, that's fair. He wasn't great. Yeah, let me think. I don't know. Anyway, he was patting himself on the back way too early. Yeah. Anyway, wherever this location is. Tilk is meditating. Jack Hammond and Dr. McKenzie, who we haven't seen for a while, come in and he's happy to see them and says that they seem to be doing well. Also, Jack, of course, goes into a big compl- complaining list about all of his ailments and says that you can forget curling. Sigh. Poor Jack. He really loves curling, right? <laughs> yeah. Poor he Jack. mentions it so many times. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Tilk pretty much just talks to them about how he's seen the error of his ways in falling back into worshiping Apophis and he's now forsaking Apophis again and repledging his allegiance to SG-1 again and everybody is like, great, everything's good. What could possibly go wrong with all of this? (laughs) And then towards the end of the scene, Tilk says that he hopes to one day restore Jack's trust and to return to your service, General Hammond. And instead of reacting, Hammond defers to Jack and Mackenzie to say whether or not Tilk can return to active service. So that's fun. <laughs> yeah. And Dr. Mackenzie gives the very helpful feedback of shrugging and then walking out <laughs> of the room. Yeah. <laughs> Always good feedback from a doctor. <laughs> yes. Yep. So through this whole scene, we already knew what the premise of this episode was because we had read the thing and also had seen it in the past, although I barely remembered anything about it. Yeah, it was another one of those ones that I remembered a lot of it once I was actually watching it, but had no idea what it was beforehand. But I feel like there was a huge giveaway in this whole scene because Teal'c was way more smiley than he ever is. Yeah, he definitely was not acting right. It was very yeah, obvious it, there was something wrong. It felt very like when Ryak was brainwashed type of yeah. like... Yeah, yeah, he was so smiley. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know if that was deliberate, but... Never trust a smiley Jaffa. No. <laughs> so Braytac is really smiley, though. Is he? I think he's pretty smiley. More so than the other ones. For sure more than Teal'c. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Anyway, speaking of Braytac, he's outside. He's not dead, as we figured last time when we read the description for this episode. So I was very happy that he's still doing good. Hell yeah. Yeah. But as Teal'c and Braytac have their little meeting, Braytac looks deeply into Teal'c's eyes and basically calls Teal'c's BS on this one. He's like, no, that's no, nope. He's lying. He's lying to everybody. (laughs) 
Till keeps smiling, but then makes a run for it. He's cornered, though, by some other airmen and Sam with his at. And then Braytac also apparently has his at. And he is the one that actually shoots Tilk and takes him down. <laughs> he rips open Tilk's shirt. And Jack and I were both very disgusted. <laughs> as Braytac just shoves his hand in there and pulls out the hagfish. He did. Based on the sounds... You really think his hand's going to be super slimy when he pulls yeah. it out, but it's and it not. Wasn't. Sometimes it is, and sometimes it's not. And I was glad that this time around they did not go for <laughs> ultra slime. Braytac says that there's only one way left to them to try to cure Tilk of his brainwashing. And I really wanted to know what other methods they've tried up to this point. But we don't find that out. Which really bothered me. I feel like it was implied that Doctor did some attempted deprogramming of some sort. Yeah, my guess is that he was doing some therapy or something, but did they try the Zat gun or the electric current like we saw working for Ryak? Did they try that at all? We don't know. We have no idea what they tried. So I really wanted more information about that, but we never got it. No. No. We did get credits, though. We did. No clips. No. All head. (laughs) The team and Hammond have gathered with Braytac in the conference room. Hammond asks Braytac what he expects to happen with Tilk's symbiote being out of his body. And Braytac says he hopes to save him, if necessary, by killing him. Makes sense. Yeah. Braytac is wanting to bring Tilk to the brink of death, it sounds like. The team, unsurprisingly, has some concerns about this. Sam says, maybe there are other methods we haven't considered. However, Braytag is like, your methods don't work. You don't understand. Did they ask the Tok'ra? I don't know if they asked the Tok'ra. <laughs> I would think the Tok'ra would also be a good option. Maybe. I don't know. What is this brainwashing anyway? How is Apophis doing this? We don't know that either. I thought it had something to do with the sarcophagus and... That's about as far as I got, yeah. but because of the imp- like the weird drug impact it has, I thought I got the impression that it had something to do with that. But did he put did he kill and put Ryak in the sarcophagus or just put Ryak in there? I don't know if he killed Ryak, but I thought that they said that he did put Ryak oh, in okay. the sarcophagus. That has nothing to do with the scene. It just bothers me. Like what? Yeah. Why aren't all the all the Gwolds just going around brainwashing everybody? Right? Maybe they don't have enough sarcophagi. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. That could be it. Yeah. Braytac says that this rite of Malsharan, which is what he calls this taking out of the hagfish. Yes. (laughs) Is the only way to save Teal'c because the human methods don't work and all they're going to be able to do is lock him up for the rest of his life, which would suck for everyone. Yep. Yeah. This rite apparently takes him to the threshold of death. And at that point, Teal'c is going to basically see his life flash before his eyes through fever and hallucination. (laughs) Sounds like a good time. (laughs) In doing this, Braytac's hope is that Teal'c will recall what has actually been going on rather than this falsehood that he's been spying for Apophis this whole time. Braytac has done this, he says, twice in the 137 years he's lived. 
neither time did the Jaffa actually live, but they died free. And Teal'c, I mean, he doesn't say this, but I think we're confident that Teal'c is strong. Yeah. Also, I think we all know that Teal'c would rather die not brainwashed Hell yeah. than live brainwashed. Yes. And then we ended this scene. I don't know if you noticed. We ended this scene with everybody looking to Jack for <laughs> confirmation that they were going to go ahead with this plan. And that includes Hammond. <laughs> that I did not notice. <laughs> Am I surprised, though? No. (laughs) No. (laughs) The next scene is in the infirmary. Teal'c is strapped to the bed. We do see his symbiote is being kept alive in its own little pod, fluid pod thingy. Although it's not moving at all. It's got its own life support system. It is not moving, but when they check on it from time to time, it seems to be doing okay. Is it unconscious while it's in that thing, or is it just chilling? I don't know. Is it ever really conscious? We've kind of talked about that before. Like, what level of awareness does it have? And, like, is it making memories? Does it get bored? What's going on in the little hagfish brain? I don't know. But it sure was writhing when Breetak took it out of Teal. It was not happy there. Where's where's the writhing here? Is it... Right? Well, now it's got its fluid surrounding it (laughs) and its electrical current going Mm. through it. So it's probably way happier here than when it was... You know, out in the cold with no electrical current. <laughs> Fraser reports that Tilk is in and out of consciousness. His temperature is going up and his blood pressure is going down. Things are not looking so good for him. And Fraser wants to just be allowed to put the symbiote back in. Braytac says she can't do that. Do nothing. And Fraser's like, I can't do that. Sure you can. If you don't have consent from your patient for treatment, you can and will do nothing. Right? If he is conscious, which he is. <laughs> Jack says that Braytac made his case and Hammond gave the go-ahead. Sure, he did. We all know it was you, Jack. (laughs) Fraser tries to go and complain to Hammond, but before she can do that, Braytac stops her and basically just says, stay here. We might need your help when it comes time to help him to get him to fight his way back from the brink of death. Braytac goes to talk to Teal'c, who calls him a shulva, of course. And Braytac asks, where's your god now? But Teal'c is confident that Apophis will come for him. They try to convince him that that's not going to happen because Apophis is dead. A false god. A dead Mm -hmm. false god, rather. They're trying to remind Teal'c of all of the things that he's done to help them out and how if that was his idea of staying loyal to his god, that that really makes no sense. It was a bad plan on his part to do all the things that he has done in order to try to prove loyalty to Apophis because that was clearly not what he was actually trying to do. Braytac just angrily yells at him to remember, which of course works very well when somebody is having some sort of an amnesia issue. (laughs) And then Tilk does actually have a flashback to we don't really know exactly when, but it's sometime when Braytac was still the first prime. And Tilk didn't even have his gold tattoo yet. They go up before Apophis, having just won a big battle of some sort. And Apophis praises them, of course. And they talk about how much promise Tilk has. Apophis asks about Tilk's father. And Tilk angrily tells him the story about how his dad was sent into an unwinnable battle and murdered by Kronos before they could be exiled. And Apophis is like, well, he had it coming because he failed as God, right? (laughs) Teal'c was not pleased with that, needless to say. And 
says that he only speaks the truth when he says that it was a battle that could not have been won. And then Apophis is like, well, he should have died trying then, shouldn't he? And then he sparkle blinks Teal'c. He does. It was such a shitty scene. It really <laughs> What an ass. It really was. <laughs> I liked Apophis's throne here. It was kind of weird. Oh, I didn't even notice. It like had hands for like, I or no, it didn't have hands. He has hands. <laughs> It seems to have like yes, he does. I didn't even see where his hands were. They weren't on the arms. I feel like the arms were like pockets for his hands. Weird. I don't know. It was very strange. I didn't notice. More back to the Egyptian motif, although he was mm. still wearing fairly baggy clothing, which he's been wearing in these Sokar times. Yeah. But yeah, so <laughs> weird. Yeah. Back in the infirmary. Teal'c's eyes are wide open and he's screaming while Braytac <laughs> hovers over him. Yep. And then he goes to sleep or something. Yep. Passes out. Yeah. Daniel's like, what was that? Braytac tells him it was his first memory. Dr. Fraser wants to give him something for the pain, but Braytac says that they want pain. Teal'c's path was full of suffering <laughs> so cool. he's Looking gotta him. yeah he's got to continue to follow that path of suffering to get back to them apparently yeah dr fraser says at the moment he's unconscious which cool so braytac's like that's that's all the better and he explains this is because they need to reach his unconscious mind and only he among them understands what Tilk is going through. And he's known Tilk longer than all of them, so they really need to trust him. And they say they do. They're like, we'll, we'll do what you need. Braytac tells them he's going to go do some Kelnorim because he's had a long journey and he's tired. In the meantime, he wants them to talk to Tilk. And Dr. Fraser's like, but he won't be able to hear us. But Braytac says he'll hear in his heart what they say to him. He also wants them to question any beliefs and challenge him. Jack has Sam escort Braytac to the VIP room. Did you notice all the weird faces Daniel was making in the background? No. When Jack <laughs> told her to take him to the VIP room. And it made me wonder if the mentioning of the VIP room was just triggering his oh. memories of his time in there with Hathor. Maybe. We must first have the code of life from the juices of the species intended as the host. Because <laughs> he was just making several weird faces. I missed that. I think I was distracted. Maybe it wasn't at this point. Maybe it was earlier. Who put all the candles in the infirmary? But yeah, I was going to say, were you distracted by the many, many, many candles everywhere? I was wondering that also. Did Braytac bring them? Did they take them from <laughs> Teal'c's room? Do they just now have Maybe. a room of candles because Teal'c just goes through so many? Maybe. Answers that we don't get, no. but that I would like to have. Who lit the candles? Right? I was also wondering that. Did they all light the candles? Did Braytac only light yeah. the candles? A lot of candles. Many hands make light work, so. Exactly. Out in the hall, Sam and Braytac are walking. And Sam just says that, you know, you just have to be patient with Dr. Fraser. This is hard for all of us to see. Teal'c in so much agony. And Braytac's like, why do humans worry about pain so much? <laughs> Which is weird. <laughs> yeah. Far into pain. <laughs> yeah, Sam does liken this treatment to torture and Braytac's well, like, well, a little torture is going to be good for him. It's fine. Everything's fine. 
he admits to Sam on their way that he's not going to be around much longer because his symbiote is going to mature within about two years. And at this point, no new hagfish is going to accept him as host. Once this one's gone, that's going to be it for him. Basically, I guess his point in this is just to say that I don't really know what the point, what his point in adding in that con- to the conversation was, but his conclusion to this is that life for the sake of life means nothing. A bad life for Teal'c is worse than an honorable death, I guess. Perhaps today is a good day to die. But again, what does that have to do with the coming of the end for Braytac? I don't know. Anyway, Braytac turns and leaves Sam standing there in the corridor, and I was wondering where Braytac was going, because they are not at the VIP room yet. (laughs) (laughs) And he just leaves her there in the hallway, so who knows? Don't know. I didn't realize that. (laughs) Yeah. No, there was a hallway behind him, and he just turned and kept walking down the hallway. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe she was just making sure he didn't get lost on the way. But they don't say anything about it, so... (laughs) No, they don't. She's not like, it's the third door on your right. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, in the infirmary, Jack and Daniel decide Daniel's gonna go first. And he sits down next to Tilk, but apparently has no idea what to say. And there's a long silence. (laughs) And Jack's like, I'll go. So they change places. (laughs) (laughs) Jack sits down to talk to Teal'c and asks him if he really believes that he's been serving Apophis this whole time. He doesn't think it's likely. He calls himself his best friend, at least in this whole live world, which that (laughs) sounds reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense to him. And that would make him the most ineffective double agent in the history of double agenting. (laughs) Tilk mutters the word Valar. Mm-hmm. And we're back in a flashback. This flashback is in the... What do we call these? A bunk? A barracks? The bunks? Yeah. The barracks, yeah. In some Jaffa barracks. It is a very... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Bare bones. What's the... Oh, what's the word? Minimalist? Minimalist. Kind of. There's another word utilitarian there's another word i'm thinking of i don't know what it is but anyway this place is very cold looking and full of austere metal beds yeah and chains and institutional maybe yeah there's a bunch of i'm just gonna keep (laughs) thank you synonyms keep bringing them up (laughs) spartan there's the word i was looking for there we go this is sparta It's just a bunch of bunk beds made of metal that don't look very comfortable at all where Jaffa are sleeping in their, like, chain mail, but without shoes and socks. (laughs) Snuggly chain mail. Yes. (laughs) How do you even sleep in chain mail? Every time that you roll over, it's just going to be like, clink, 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 clink. Well, none of them seem to be doing anything but laying on their backs, so maybe they're all conditioned to only sleep on their backs. Maybe. I would never be able to do that. There's nowhere to move anyway. They're so small. It's true. (laughs) And things are so bad that they have to have a serpent guard pacing through and making sure they're all behaving. (laughs) It's bad. What a terrible condition. Yes. We're here because Tilk is here. Yes. Tilk is laying in one of these uncomfortable metal bunks. 
And Valar turns out to be a person, a friend of Teal'c's. He has come to check on Teal'c after Teal'c's encounter with Apophis. Good to know Teal'c survived. The sparkle blinging. Indeed, but he apparently didn't look very good when they got him in here. Yeah, Teal'c is, he's pretty, what's the word? I can't think of words today. Mangled? Mangled. He's pretty mangled. Damaged? Yeah, injured, but that's not where it was hurt. going. <laughs> but yes, <laughs> I was going with, it's like when I'm like, yeah, there's that time John Linnell told me to make more money. He's like really excited to have met his God, basically. <laughs> not that John Linnell is my God. We sort of get to say whatever we want, and a lot of it is completely false or nonsensical. Starstruck? Yes, there we go. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> so he, yeah, he's like, I spoke to him. I met him. Santa. Yeah. <laughs> I know him. <laughs> exactly. Teal tells Valar this was a reward for his deeds in this battle they had. And Valar's like, well, what was the reward? Because looked like you almost died. <laughs> <laughs> but his reward was that Teal then punished him. That doesn't seem like a very good reward. No. Just saying. Especially after he apparently struck down 100 of Apophis's enemies. Right? The problem was, though, of course, which we already saw, Teal'c is recounting the last scene that Teal'c was punished not for that, but for basically back-talking Apophis and disagreeing yeah. with him about his father's death. Right. And we hear him say, what god would punish a son for loving his father? So seeds of doubt. Seeds of Indeed. doubt. Valar, though, is like, never question that again. <laughs> and then one of the guards tells them to shut the hell up. That's not what they say. They say quiet. But Valar leaves Teal'c with the thought, you served Apophis well, serve him well again tomorrow, and you may live to see another day. He goes away and Teal'c just thinks about it in his sad metal bunk. <laughs> in present day infirmary, Jack and Daniel debate about what Teal'c just said and whether he said Valar or Valor and what the hell sense would it make to say Valor as in the fabric, but what the hell is a Valar anyway, so who knows? <laughs> Teal'c does put an end to the argument by saying Valar was his friend. <laughs> He seems to be confused. He wants to know why he's restrained because he's trying to get up and can't. And Jack's like, well, you know, you've been trying to kill everyone in the last few weeks. So here we are. But Tilk's like, well, everything's fine, though. It worked and I'm good. And how about you let me out of here? Everything's fine. We're brothers, right? Daniel? Daniel wants to know more about Valar. And Tilk says that it's a friend that he trained with under Braytac for many years and they served Apophis together. <laughs> They're like, all right, cool. What happened to him? And then Tilt gets really mad and says he failed as God. <laughs> Needless to say, Tilk was faking it again. Fraser's concerned because Tilk's heart rate just doubled when that happened. And he's continuing to basically just scream and rant and trying to get out of there and telling them he needs, he needs to be released. He needs to get his hagfish back he's gonna basically do nothing because he is well no he's continuing to yell as fraser's talking about how his blood pressure is crashing i'm skeptical <laughs> but whatever and tilk is ranting about how he wants 
the Shulvada come and face him. And we cut to another memory of Teal'c. Teal'c looking uh, pretty good, shirtless, yeah. standing in the <laughs> snow, twirling a weapon. Yeah. He's asking, where are you? Where are you? He's blindfolded. I should mention that. That is actually important. It is. <laughs> and then we see a staff weapon just tap him in the back, which knocks him down a bit. I want to know how long ago this was supposed to be, because Braytac had a black beard here. Hello, everyone. I'm Blackbeard. Huge fan, sir. Huge. Oh. I don't know. Yeah, I have no sense of the Jaffa times. <laughs> <laughs> you don't? No, I know, right? Ugh, I should. Mm-hmm. And it's Braytac, yes. He's training Teal'c. Tilk does not understand why he's blindfolded because he is not blind. So what's the point of all of this? Braytac wants him to use all his sensitive sensives. 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 Yeah. Braytac wants him to use all his senses, though. Tilk asks to go again, but Braytac tells him he's died enough for that day. But Tilk's ready to go without the blindfold. He thinks he's gonna take Braytac. But Braytac hands him his ass. <laughs> it was pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> Braytac asks if he's going to learn anything. <laughs> or should I just kill you and stop wasting my time? <laughs> Tilk tries to make an excuse about how he was unprepared. Braytac's not having it. Braytac then says, who can stop me if he does, in fact, kill Tilk? Apophis? And Tilk's like, Yes. Braytac is challenging Tilk's beliefs here because he asks, You believe our Lord Apophis is all seeing and all powerful? Tilk's pretty convinced, but Braytac tries to teach him that your faith isn't going to save you in battle and you need to rely on yourself or you're no use to him. Braytac, not Apophis, but also <laughs> probably Apophis. Yes. In the infirmary. Daniel and Jack are continuing to try to talk some sense into Tilk about how it really makes no sense. It's basically just a broken record. Makes no sense that you've been faking it this whole time and that you still believe in Apophis. We know you don't believe in Apophis. So why don't you just remember that you don't believe in Apophis? How about that? Tilk wants to know if Daniel Jackson knows anything about faith. And Daniel's like, sure I do. And Tilk's like, all right, cool. Well, then you would know that my faith in Apophis is beyond question if that was true. Cool. They continue to go back and forth. Daniel wants Tilk to admit that Apophis is a false god. Tilk's not going to do that. <laughs> and then Tilk tells Daniel, do not test my temper, woman. <laughs> and we're back in another flashback. And he's actually talking to Dryak. Because, you know, that's definitely how a person who respects their spouse as an equal partner <laughs> would talk to that spouse. They're arguing about how Teal'c has no choice but to tell Apophis about Braytac's betrayal. Braytac doesn't want to betray his master, but Dryak doesn't want him to betray his god by not tattling on Braytac. They go back and forth quite a bit. Dryak is on Team Apophis. Teal'c is on Team Braytac. And they're going to resolve their differences by... Going and getting it on. Hell yeah, bang that out. Not not Braytac and Apophis or <laughs> Tilk and Apophis or Tilk and Braytac. That'd be a very different story. Tilk and Dryak. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that scene. <laughs> yeah. 
The way to solve all problems. Yes. <laughs> Just have a sex battle. Yep. <laughs> when are we going to see that reality show? Sex battles. <laughs> or game show. I don't know. Right? Anyway. <laughs> I was going to say, like the show alone that we've been watching, but that would also be a very different sex battle if you are alone. <laughs> <laughs> the Great British Sex Battle Show. <laughs> yep. Great British sex off pants off. <laughs> pants off. <laughs> Great British pants off dance off. <laughs> We're coming up with gold here. Right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> In the infirmary, Daniel's like, did he just call me a woman? <laughs> Sam returns at this point and asks how Teal'c and Junior are doing. Daniel replies he's delirious and in and out, and Fraser says that the symbiote is fine for now. And for some reason, she's worried about what they're going to do with it if Teal'c dies. Yeah, that's weird. But mostly she just wants to be like, oh, don't mind me over here. I'm just going to resign if we let Teal'c die. Mm. I, it's fine. It was fine. I actually didn't have too much of an issue with her, but <laughs> it's just, it's like, oh, never mind over here. I'm just trying to save lives. I took issue with the fact that she was continuing to like try to treat Teal'c when he clearly didn't want it. <laughs> but I guess her biggest thing was that she just wanted to give him the hagfish back, which he would have wanted. Teal'c would, Teal, this Teal'c wants his hagfish back. Yeah. But real Teal'c would not want real his Teal'c hagfish would not. back. Yeah. And she also wanted to be giving him other kinds of medications and stuff that he would not have agreed to. Yeah. Either Tilk would have agreed to, would not have agreed to the medic some of the medications she wanted to give him. She's continuing to be upset about not being able to do anything. Sam says they're not doing nothing. Daniel continues to be hung up on the fact that it seems that Tilk called him a woman. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and they talked about fabric briefly. Yeah. <laughs> Jack is going to go maybe take a break for a few hours. And he says, Daniel, you go after me. But then didn't Daniel just follow him out? Is that what he meant? That was a weird way to say, Daniel, let's go. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> anyway. I don't know. Jack and Daniel leave. And Sam stays with Teal'c. She sits down to talk to him. She tells him she's just going to be there for him. Tilk is like, how can you let them do this to me? I don't want to die. You guys could save us. He's trying to appeal to her to do what he's not supposed to have done. He says he's being murdered as we speak. Yeah. And he needs help escaping. He's going back and forth with Sam in sort of a similar but different tack than he was taking with Jack and Daniel. Like, I feel like he's trying to appeal to her as the woman a little bit more in, like, a ladies are nurturing kind of way. Yeah, in a way that he wasn't me. with the guys. <laughs> it annoyed me. Yeah. Tilk also asks about her belief in God <laughs> and how it would be for her if she were punished for loving her God like he loves hers. and like that he, he loves... His? Or his. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Too many, too many pronouns in these sentences. <laughs> Sam just tries to remind him about who he is. Freedom, justice, the American way. Protecting people from false gods. And Tilk then starts to go out. He's just repeating, he failed his god, he failed his god. 
and we go to the next flashback, which is in a pyramid ship. Tilk and Valar are talking, and it turns out that Valar has just fled from battle. That's not good. No. Tilki is very unhappy to hear about this. Valar says that it was an unwinnable battle. It's basically the exact situation that Tilk's father was in, where to stay would have been sure death of all of them. So in order to save his men, he retreated. Tilk is very ragey (laughs) about the whole thing and tells Valar to go to his sleeping quarters and wait for him there. And he, in the meantime, is going to go and report to Apophis with Braytech. So in whatever room that is that Apophis is hanging out in, they go to report that the battle did not go well. And Valar and all his people are back. Tilk tries to convince Apophis that it was actually a cunning strategy because the plan was to withdraw and then go back with even bigger numbers. But Apophis is like, well, that's a bunch of bullshit. So how about you just kill him instead? Because that is the price of his shame. So Tilk's got to go take Valar back down to the planet's surface and murder him. That sucks. Yeah, sure does. Tilk takes Valar to the ring room. There's a bunch of other Jaffa in there. I guess they're all coming to watch. It was weird because they were like lining the hallway. But then when they ring down, it was just Tilk and Valar. Yeah. So maybe this was just like a. Yeah, they're not even like witnessing this death. It's just like a send off. I don't know. Just standing there. But why would they be giving him any kind of honor guard send off if Valar is about to get killed in shame? I don't know. But. Tilk says a brief word about him being a Shilva before <laughs> he takes him down to the planet. Yeah, This planet is not in good shape. Nope. There's fire and all the buildings are destroyed. Yep. Valar is ready for his death. He accepts that he should have died in battle. And he kneels and tells Tilk to tell Apophis he died well honoring his name. Tilk tells him to get up, though, and takes out a knife, and instead of either shooting or knifing him, cuts his bonds and tells him there's a village to the south, and he should walk there and hide. And Valar's like, Apophis will know you can't do this even for your good friend, me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm willing to die. Apophis will do terrible things to you. But Tilk will not hear it and tells him to get the hell out of there. And Valar's like, he's a god, he's gonna know. Valar leaves. Yes. Tilk hears, I could hear anyway, a Jaffa <laughs> breathing faintly. So there's a Jaffa still kind of alive down there, but not for long because Tilk goes <laughs> over. A convenient dying Jaffa. Yes. Happens to be nearby. Yeah. Takes out his hagfish, rings back up to the ship. Where Apophis is waiting, all of the other Jaffa have disappeared. I don't know if this is the same ring room or not. I don't know. I How many I ring know. rooms do they have on one ship? Who and knows? how would they tell the rings which ring room to go to? True. If there's more than one. no answers for this. So I'm going to assume he dismissed all the other Jaffa and he and his guards are just there. Tilk shows him the hagfish and says that Valar is dead. Apophis is pleased, which leads to a realization face for Tilk. Yeah, it was a really good 
shocked realization. Yeah, face. yeah. His God is not all that. Yeah, not quite as all-knowing as one would hope their God would be. No. In the infirmary, Jack comes back up to the observation deck, where Hammond is also hanging out. And they're talking about the fact that if Teal'c was here, the real Teal'c was here, he would be totally on board with everything that was happening down there. As tough as it is to watch, they know that they're doing the right thing. And Hammond says that if this doesn't work, the only other alternative is going to be to lock Teal'c away in a high-security facility, and then in four or five years, his hagfish is going to mature, dot, dot, dot. And he seemed to be implying that when that happens, that Teal'c would then be taken over by the hagfish, but I thought that they'd already established that a Jaffa can't act as a host for a mature hagfish. I don't know, because I feel like we've also heard... Some people say the opposite, where if that's yeah. the only option, they can. I, I thought we heard something about that. Yeah, like, I think you're right that recently they did also make a reference that I didn't actually catch it until now. But they were, I remember they were talking about it wiggling its way up to the brain from the gross pouch. So, yeah. <laughs> so that's weird. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, Hammond's not going to do that to him. I guess as far as Hammond is concerned, either this works or Teal'c dies. There's no other alternative. And Jack seems to agree. Tilk wakes up very agitated from some kind of nightmare. Yeah. I'm guessing. Dreak wants to know what's wrong. He tells her that he recently led a battalion to retake a planet from Ra. And he was ordered to burn a village of Ra's followers, which he did. Dreak says he should be sleeping well in the knowledge that he served of Hafis, but unfortunately Tilk is not a monster, so he well, I mean, he kind of is because he did that but he's yes. pretty he's feeling pretty guilty about all of the women and children he killed, as well as his friend Valar, who lived in that village with them Yep I'm not sure how much long, how far like, how long after the other incident this is but right i really wish we had a bit more of a time reference because i was wondering a lot about these different things because we also soon get a scene of braytac again and he's got a gray beard and he had one thing you haven't got what's that sir a great big bushy beard so i was again wondering about the timeline on this yeah tilk says that he banished his friend to this village to save his life only to take it away because he feared apophis would learn his secret and that he put his own life ahead of a village and his friend. Dreak tries to tell him he had no choice. He does not agree. And surprise, also, she's pregnant. It's not a surprise to Teal. This is not, like, a new thing. But <laughs> no. surprise, I guess, Ryak's going to be born soon. And so she wants to make sure that Teal keeps himself safe because she wants... His son to have a father. Yeah. But Tilk asks why he's sh so ashamed. He looks so distraught. He does. It's very sad. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Less distraught is my puppy, who is very excited because Jeff just got home. Oh, so exciting! <laughs> so excited that she ran in here with a toy because he <laughs> came home several rooms away. She's to share the excitement. Yeah. In a snowy clearing... Tilk very, very excitedly sprints up, practically stumbling over himself in his excitement, to show off to Braytac his brand new gold tattoo. 
and he is now the first prime. Did Braytech just like randomly retire or? I don't know. Because uh, I had always kind of assumed that Braytech kind of stepped down or like was forced to step down when he, you know, started b- making a coup happen. Yeah, I don't know. So that's weird. I don't know what happened there. But yeah, Braytac is still alive and well. He's not injured. He doesn't seem to be old enough to need to retire, but he, I guess, decided to retire. And he is angry that Teal'c is the first prime now, as that's, though, that's some kind of a surprise, which it shouldn't be, because that was the plan this whole time. Yeah. <laughs> it, uh, it was a weird scene. Braytac tells Teal'c, though, that he needs to, to stay true to the cause, that he cannot be taken in by Apophis again, that he needs to remember that Apophis isn't a real god, and that he needs to do what Braytac has been doing all of these years, which isn't refusing to kill anybody, but maybe saving lives by not killing as many people as you could, or as a different first prime would. The power will be his rather than Apophis's. I felt a little bad for Tilk because we have never seen Tilk that excited, and now he's very sad. But... No, oh Tilk! But he's left alone in the snowy clearing as Braytac wanders off. Yeah, with his gray beard. <laughs> then we get to the point where SG One is happening. Tilk <laughs> and Braytac are looking at a group of prisoners, which includes, well, SG Three Quarters, for now. Teal'c is pointing out to Braytac SG three quarters. I guess they weren't anything at that point. I don't know. Anyway, Daniel, Sam, and Jack. SG team. SG team. The only. Generic SG team. Yeah. <laughs> Teal'c's pointing them out to Braytac. Braytac is not impressed, but it took Braytac a while to be impressed with SG1, so. It's true. Teal'c says that they do not have gold weapons, but Braytac's like, there's only three of them. <laughs> but Teal'c has a feeling about them. He says they know the taste of freedom. <laughs> Delicious. It's like chocolate cake. And then Braytac says, your dreams of freedom will be your undoing, which sort of makes me think that Braytac wasn't at this point leading some kind of outward rebellion, just that he was trying to work within the system they had. Yeah. Whereas Tilk Tilk wants to be the freedom fighter. What's Braytac even doing there anymore though? If he's not the first prime anymore, what is his role? Maybe he was just hanging out because they're on Chulak. <laughs> just hanging out at a prison like you do in your free time. To go see your old friend. <laughs> yeah. You visit them at their job. At a prison. <laughs> Braytac tells them, pray they're not chosen as hosts, and that's the best fate you can wish for them. Yeah. In the infirmary, Teal'c whispers, what have I done? And then his monitor goes off. Fraser comes over and says he's in V-fib. Get the cart. He's not in V-fib. It's not asystole either, but it's not a V-fib pattern. They're going to get ready to shock him. Jack calls to get Braytac down there as soon as possible because it's looking like it's pretty close to the end. Braytac runs down and does manage to get there before they start shocking Teal'c. Fraser tells him that she's going to return the symbiote, but Braytac says it's not time just yet. He then yells at Teal'c to return to those who love freedom or die in the name of false god. Choose. And then we get yet another flashback of the whole prison scene and more yelling of Braytac 
at Tilk to choose, and then more flashbacking of prison scene. They return the symbiote. There is some shocking. There's more flashback of prison scene. And then finally, Tilk has a whole shit ton of flashbacks, like second long flashbacks from all of the seasons that we've seen up to this point, just basically pictures of Tilk looking happy. So that was kind of cute. Yeah. Happy and or victorious or, you know, something along those lines. And then he opens his eyes and says, I choose freedom. Braytek bends down and takes a very close look into Tilk's eyes again and then smiles and decides that it is, in fact, the real Tilk who is back. Jack's like, great. So uh, about that guy. And Tilk cuts him off and says, Apophis is a false god, a dead false god. And he smiles. Jack's like, cool. Good enough for me. Let's get these restraints off. Hammond comes in, thanks Fraser for her job well done of doing nothing and then defibrillating, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Tilk again pledges his allegiance back to Hammond and SG1. And I was literally typing in my notes, I'm surprised he didn't ask Jack instead of Hammond for permission to return to SG1. But as I was typing that, Hammond looked at Jack <laughs> for the answer to that question. And then I literally laughed out loud. <laughs> and when Jack gives like a little nod or look of affirmation, then Hammond says, permission granted. <laughs> End of episode. <laughs> Kathy, did you like the episode? I'm going to actually say I loved this episode. Oh. I thought it was great i really liked all of the flashbacks learning about teal's journey because we you know we had like the outline of it yeah but not bits and pieces but yeah. yeah so it was really good i really liked that part daniel and jack were very funny i love seeing Braytac, and i like that relationship they have yeah and chris judge just did a fantastic job i thought acting wise through this whole thing and yeah I just, it was fantastic, I thought. What Excellent. About, yeah. What about you? I am always going to love a Tilk-centric episode <laughs> because he is my favorite character on the show. Fair. So I did enjoy it very much. I, as I kind of mentioned before, as I kind of hinted at before, I do not like seeing his toxic masculinity side come out when he's interacting with Dryak. Fair. And But he seems to only have that side with her. So it really makes me wonder why they're even married because he's not that... He, he doesn't act that way around Sam or Fraser. And when Shawnak was around, he seemed to be like completely in awe of her. And he yeah. seems to have respect for like every other female he interacts with, but <laughs> except for Dryak. So I really kind of want to know the one thing that we didn't get backstory on that I would have liked is why are they together? Was it an arranged <laughs> marriage? Did, did they date? I don't understand that relationship there. But otherwise, I really did enjoy, like you said, getting a lot more backstory on Teal'c. It was interesting to see how he went from being a believer to knowing that Apophis was false. Because he's said many times that he used to believe in Apophis, but he never really kind of, he never really explained how that transition came about. So it was really interesting to see yeah. that happening. Agreed. And yeah. That's that's pretty much it. It was a really interesting episode and very exciting. That was my only complaint is the interactions <laughs> with Shauna with a uh, Tilk and Dryak. He's just oh, it's just gross how he treats her and she's like, "Okay, fair. It's fine. Talk down to me. Be aggressive. It's fine." Fair. 
let's go get it on. I like being, <laughs> I like being menaced. <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna yuck anybody's yum. So whatever, if that's her kink, fine. But still, yeah. <laughs> I don't like it <laughs> seeing Teal'c act that way. <laughs> but overall, good episode. Agree. What's next? Next is season five, episode three, Ascension. Netflix says. While investigating ancient ruins on a distant planet, SG-1 finds a huge alien device that Carter believes could be a weapon of incredible power. The booklet says, while investigating an alien device, Carter is found unconscious. Resting from suspected exhaustion, she is visited by an invisible being who holds vital secrets to the device and the catastrophe it may cause. Yeah, interesting. I feel like I think I know what this episode is, but not a hundred percent sure. I have no idea. We'll find out. We will find out. Yeah. As always, thanks for listening. If you haven't already done so, make sure you subscribe so that you can get our episodes as soon as they come out every Wednesday. Likes, reviews, and word of mouth are all very helpful to help getting other people to find this show. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter. You can email us at stargazing at gmail.com, or you can check out our website at stargazing.space and send us messages through there. And if you'd like to help keep this show going, you can financially support us over at patreon.com slash stargazing. I'm Mary. I'm Kathy. Lily's howling in the background. Yay! And you've been listening to Stargazing. The end. The end. Jack talks to Teal'c and asks him to explain again how possibly he could have been pretending this whole time that he was part of SG-1 but was really, oh my god, sorry, <laughs> that got away from me. <laughs> Clearly. <Just> like, oh. <laughs>